great to be here on uh, this podcast with Aidan Wilson. Hi, Aidan. How you doing, Donald? Very well, very well. You're over there in uh, Belfast with Crusaders just now, are you? Yeah, over in Belfast. Um, you know, been over for a good few months now. Um, I'm really enjoying it, so. Oh, that's great. As we were saying earlier, it's the shortest uh, flight in the world, isn't it? Hi, it's Andy. We're getting back home if ever need to get home. Um, it's just like going to Glasgow to Hamilton or something like that. So, um, oh, oh, it's uh, it's it's handy enough. Great, great. And I was thinking when when I was getting prepared for it. So, how long I've known you? And it must be about since you were about fourteen or so. I would have thought. How long have you been? I was about eight years. About eight years. I well, it would have been. I I was. Six, seven, aye, about seven years. Aye. So I, I must, I must have left. Well, that's probably the eighth year because I left when I was twenty-one. Aye. Um, and obviously I was there since I was seven, so I would aye. have caught you yeah. along the way. Aye, for sure. That's good. That's good. So tell me a little bit about how you got into football. Either. Were you always a football fan as a wee kid, or, or yeah. did you play other sports? I played other sports, but. My number one was always football. Um, it was I had all the all the shirts. Like my my mum's from Manchester, so I was a big Man U fan growing up, and Aye. you know still are today. Um, and at that time, it was like Rooney, Ronaldo, um, you know that sort of. And I I love Ronaldo. I used to get my hair dyed and stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, the way he done it, and you know just growing up as a kid, I just love football. But I played. My dad was very kind of sporty, yeah. So he had he was golf, uh, football. You no, know, he played squash as well. So yeah. I kind of had that. I get my jeans off of him. Ah. Um, my sporting jeans off of him. Um, but I still play, obviously football now. Yeah. Still golf. I was very good at tennis when I was a kid. Okay. Um, so I was I was, you know, quite a rounded. Man, but it was it was it was always sport. Ah. Um, do you think? And here's was, a question: because do you think playing multi sports when you when you're young, you know, say six, seven, you know, you're going up, do you think that helps when you start to, to so. focus on? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it definitely doesn't do you any harm. Mm. That's for sure. Um, I mean, there's similarities, and you know, I'm I'm quite a nifty golfer now. Mm. Um, and a lot of the like, I've had a couple of lessons in golf, and see all the pros that I go to. They all say, "Imagine you're going to kick a ball." Yeah. And what would you do? How would you set up? How would you strike it? That sort of, you know, that sort of method. And yeah. see now, now, I never. I just really right. What would I do with a ball here? Yeah. You know, with football, and you know, that kind of leads into each other. And you know, I always think if you do do it when you're younger, then you know, they all kind of tie in together. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with you. I think that's a great point, and I think how you—that's a great analogy with the golf. I remember working with a golfer once, and we're we're working on his swing, and that's what I used. I used. It was almost the feeling of the swing rather than anything technical, isn't yeah. it? And mm-hmm. if you've got mm-hmm. that in the muscle, that you know, it's so transferable. So, uh, no, 100%. It's almost like muscle memory, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, 
you know, the way that your foot moves through the ball, that your leg swings through the ball. Yeah. Try and do that with your arms, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, no, definitely there is links in there, yeah. for sure. I didn't know you were a, a tennis man. I'm a great tennis. I lived in Wimbledon for years. So, oh, did uh, you? Yeah, I, I think it's just a great sport. Yeah, no, I I won the... So my local... So I'm for Helensburg. So my yeah. local club, you know, what, wait, do you know, I've been made about 11, 12... Um, I won the our local tennis competition. Right. Um, yeah. You know, you know how they do like your. So for like golf, it would be like once a year they do the big tournament. Yeah. Um, it would be very similar for that in tennis and, you know, Helensburg Tennis Club Championship or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, and and I won that when I was a kid. And I know that's a, a good standard there because I agree with you as well in terms of the transferability because, you know that. I don't. I don't think people realise we talk about tennis that hand eye and the speed of the balls going if you're playing oh, a any sort of. Mm -hmm. Even now, like I've not recently, but you know, maybe a year or two, put the tennis racket and that back up, and it's yeah. amazing how much. See, if you don't play it, how much yeah. you can lose it, yeah. because it is so fast, and uh, especially when you come up against someone good, it's how hard they hit the ball, how yeah. accurate they are. Um, and it's, you know, it's tough. It's a tough sport. I, I think, you know, looking at coming back to football, there's something there with the tennis as well, because so much of it is about anticipation, isn't it? And being a defender yeah. like you are, is, is mm -hmm. being able to see and, you know, the mind working, before, you know, to the spaces and anticipating. Yeah. And I think that would be quite a transferable skill. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, in tennis, you kind of read, players' body movements yeah. and where, like, where they're going to put the ball, um, you know, before it happens. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, if you've got that, like, Davey Weir, they always say Davey Weir was great at reading the game. Yeah. It wasn't the quickest, but could read what was going to happen before it happened. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, especially with players' body movements and stuff like that, as a defender, we can see that early. Yeah. Um, you know, it stands you in good stead. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. And then, so when did you put your focus on football? What age were you when, when you got involved with the academies? Well, I started going to, so it was the development centre at the time, which was kind of soccer school. So I first went into soccer schools, um, which was in Helensburg. Yeah. Um, and I got picked up there by a guy called Paul Nash. Okay. Um, and he then brought me into the Sunday Development Centre, um, which was obviously every Sunday. And from there, don't, don't really remember too much. I just remember it happening quite quickly, me just moving into the youth setup. Mm. I remember I go, because I was always quite tall as a boy, you know, physical, mm. could handle myself. Um, and I remember going in with a with the older age group at the youth at the time, because I think I, I must have been maybe eight or nine. And, you know, it was the under-11s mm -hmm. that I went in with, so it would have been kind of 10-year-olds maybe. It was a year, it was like with Ross McCrory and Robbie. Yeah, and, Robbie, yeah. Um, and, and I went in there, and then I stayed. Um, so that's when I kind of thought, you know, I've not that I've got a chance, because you don't really think about that when you're that age, but you think, yeah, I just want to focus on football now because I was loving it. Like, there's nothing yeah. better than going in and, 
at the Murray Park and using the facilities and just just playing football. Um, so no, it's probably but they are maybe about eight, nine, ten, and then obviously they want you to sign and stuff. So that's when it gets. That's when it obviously you put your full focus into that. And who influenced you as as you went through the academy? Who were the big influences in your playing and and uh, your game? Your I suppose game intelligence and that. In terms of coaches, ah, in terms of coaches. Well, obviously, like back then, it was obviously um, Gary Gibson, mm-hmm. Jim McNee, uh, Andy Kennedy, who are all still yeah. in the club now, which yeah. is great to see because you know they really taught me the fundamentals of you know the like the total basics of football, like yeah. touching, passing, you know, scanning, like all like the you know the basic sort of things they implemented in us, and um, you know you got it all. You know, massive thanks to the co- all the coaches through your years. But see, at that age, you know, that's such an important age for me. See if you can do the basics really well. You've got, a, you, you know, you've got a real chance. I always look at Billy Gilmore now. Yeah. Um, he does the basics so well. You know, keeps the ball. His touch is always there. You know, passes to teammates. You know, never gives the ball away, like... Those sort of fundamental fundamental basics, which Billy, you know, would have been very similar to me in terms of who he, what coaches he came up with and who taught him that. But you know, I just think those basics when you're when you're young stand you in such good stead for the rest of your career. I think that's a great point, Aidan, because I think especially nowadays with with the media, you know, not so much the social media and your access to to everything. I think sometimes when you're younger, you can go on and try to be too fancy too quick rather than mastering that mm-hmm. fundamentals, which takes discipline, doesn't it? Yeah, no, 100%. I think, you know, like looking back on, and I was thinking about this last night, I kind of got the tail end of, you know, that sort of either with Jim Sinclair. And, yeah. Um, I kind of seen that, not like disciplined approach, but... Um, Certainly, that kind of if the standards weren't there, you know, you get you'd know about it. Yeah. As it's a wee bit different, you know, nowadays with the with the coaching, there's different styles of coaching and stuff like that. And I've kind of seen best of both. Um, yeah. and you know, you see, you see how both of them work, and you know, I think see just as I go back to those basics, those are so key, especially at a young age, just mm-hmm. to get get them right and. Um, you know, just wee things like you know, just keeping the ball, make sure your touches there, passing to it, like it's so basic. But mm. you know, a lot of the kids now, you know, want to do rainbow flicks and want mm. to do what do flip flaps and want to, you know, I just think a good player for me is someone who can do all the basics really well. Mm. Um, and yeah, you do need players in your team who can produce a bit of magic. Um, and certainly there is a place for that. But I think that person who can do the basics, you know, and really, you know, trust you, you end up trusting them, don't you? Because the players that, you know, yeah. maybe have got that wee, that wee bit of flair about them, if you want to call it that, yeah. the players who do the basics tend to be the ones who play every week and the manager can trust. Um, so I think it is so important. Yeah, I think that's a great point. But you know that the manager and the coaches contrast, and also you know when the fundamentals are really good, isn't it? You can do it under pressure 
which is the yeah. next step up, isn't it? And that yeah. cannot fundamentals hold up under pressure. Yeah, no, I think obviously going up up the levels, um, and obviously imagine to make my debut for Rangers, it is, mm-hmm. you know, there was nothing, you know, on that night against Aberdeen that, you know, I thought, you know, wow, that's something I've yeah. I've never seen before. Yeah. It was just the pace and the tempo and how quickly, you know, the game was moving. Um, and, you know, that's, again, like, that's not someone that's, you know, doing something that's amazingly with flair, like doing something, yeah. well, look at that, bit of skill or something like that. It is how well they do the basics and how yeah. quick they do the basics, um, which, which sometimes, you know, that, that next level, to get to that next level, yeah. you need that. You need to be able to do things quicker, mm-hmm. sharper, you know, and yeah. it's always kind of the basics. That's a great point. And what was it like, you're mentioning your debut there against Aberdeen, what was it like to make your debut? How did that feel for Rangers? Yeah, it's amazing. Like, you know, it's good to look back and just, you know, think about, like, try and, like, relive the memory. Yeah. Um, you know, like, even going to, like, the start um, of that day where I wasn't sure whether I was going to play or not because at the time, Clint Hill was there. Yeah. And Clint had, um, I think he pulled his calf in training a couple of days before, so he was doing a fitness test that day. So I was driving in Ibrox, and, you know, these are the wee things that you just, obviously, you drive through the big blue gates and yeah. the stadium, and then you you, you give your car, um, obviously, the security, they take it away for you, and it's just, obviously, you walk into the change room. And, you know, that's when, I always remember that wee bit where, so Pedro at the time used to do the faces. Yeah. So it was never your name. It was always like your faces. Um, and I just remember walking and having a look at the team sheet and it was my face on on the starting 11. And, you know, that's kind of always stuck with me. Um, yeah. And then going up the stair for pre-match, you know, just the, just the whole thing. It was, it was amazing. And then obviously getting on to the game. You know, I always remember having goosebumps walking out to Simply the Best. That, that was always... That that's kind of always stuck with me. Um, and then see when it gets down to the football, you know, like I was thinking to myself at the time, <laughs> kind of like what we were talking about. Yeah. Just the first thing you do, whether it's you know a tackle, a header, a pass, your first touch, whatever, just make sure I do it well. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a header, and you know I can't really remember too much about the game. Um, you know, it's kind of a blur, but yeah. I think it—I think it was a header, um, but just an amazing experience and something that, you know, I'm so glad that, you know, I managed to get the opportunity to play for Rangers because it's something I can always say I've done, yeah. um, and, you know, the experience of playing there, yeah. um, at Ibrox in front of fifty thousand will always stick with me. And I think you know it's. It is amazing, isn't it? Because if, if you're looking at it in terms of the numbers of boys that actually make it to that point, isn't it? You had, mm-hmm. That's something you can you can always think that I did that. I was there, I played, I yeah. made it through there. Was there. If you go back to when you were at the academy there, was there an age where you thought, well, you know what, I've got, where you found yourself thinking I've got a chance or was it just, you know, just carried on doing what you had to do? I think like it's 
like football's so sort of stark, Donald. Like, yeah. you know, you can never be too high mm. when when everything's going well, and you kind of get too low when you know things aren't maybe going so well. And I I always kind of look back at that season I made my debut. And I wasn't playing for the reserves, never mind the first team. See, mm. the start of that year, I was not, I wasn't, I was on the bench for the for the reserves. And I don't know why, but we played Falkirk away at Falkirk Stadium. Um, you know, and I don't know, it just sticks in my head as a game where I sat on the bench and I never got on. I think it may have been uh, Graham Murray's first game in charge. Mm. And, you know, I was just kind of thinking, like, what am I going to do here? I need to be playing. Um, and, you know, I managed to get in the team maybe a couple of games later. And then from from there, I just progressed. Um, but, you know, all kind of from my younger days at Rangers, going coming up to it, you know, I was always playing, mm. you know, and I was I was always one that, like, I, I played up in age until 15s. Um, so, you know, I was always one of the better yeah. players in my age group. I was always playing up a year. Um, so... You know, all, all the way through, like you see at that age, you don't really think about first team. It's like too far away. Yeah. You just think about like enjoying your football and just doing, like, see, as a kid, I was always a winner. Yeah. Um, you know, I always wanted to win every time, you know, you put on the shirt, you know, you're there to win, regardless what age you are, regardless who you're playing. Um, but I remember, like, see the old firms back then, you know, it was right good, like, right good standards of players and, um, I was, you know, used to fly into tackles and stuff yeah. as well, even as like a 14, 13, 15. Like, I loved that. Like, yeah. he's, he's a kid, like, old, like, he used to get buzzing for the old firm. Um, and I just think, like, that was very much in, installed in me as a kid was to win. Um, and, you know, going back to those coaches, you know, those coaches, again, that's one of the basics of football. You go out on a field to win. Yeah. And that was installed in us as kids as well. So, How important, Aidan, do you think it is? You know, you spoke about your dad earlier being, you know, a, a, a you know, right sportsman, sporty into different um, sports as well. How important is it, you think, as a young footballer coming through? And it is intense, isn't it? You know, it being mm-hmm. there as the intensity of pro setup. Is How important is it to have a right supportive family around you that understand what's going on and how things you mentioned it as the first team how things can change in the blink of an eye how important yeah. it is for the family to have a family support not 100 percent. like you know your family behind are the ones who when it's not going so well probably get the brunt of it mm. um you know whatever like you know you go home and you're moaning to your mum dad that you're not playing or um, you know, and they've got to say because you are still obviously young, yeah. Um, and you know they've they've got to say the right thing to you at the time. And I was lucky enough that my family were very supportive, and what I'd done in that definitely stood me in you know good stead as as I got a bit older. And I think the age that I'm at just now, like I just turned twenty two, and. You know, I feel like my experience of everything that's happened in my career so far is like stood me in, you know, such good stead for, um, you know, I feel like an experienced, I know I'm only young, but I feel like an experienced player. Yeah. I've seen that, I've seen the absolute highs of football and 
you know, I've obviously seen the lows as well. And, um, you know, that's that's such, such a big factor. And, you know, my parents have been, you know, since I was young, my parents have been, my parents are here now. They were there in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, they were there when I was playing in front of 50,000. They were there when I was playing in front of, you know, 50 at Edinburgh yeah. City or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So, and they've always, like, they've always supported me and, you know, always done their best for, for me. I, and that. Yeah. I, I, I think it's another great point, you know, because, you know, for people looking in at football, I think, and I'll, you, you'll have heard it, I get it the whole time, is people always just see the very top of the triangle, the pinnacle, mm-hmm. you know, that... Yeah. I think everyone's heard it as much as Ronaldo or, you know, yeah. like it's easy and thing. And of course, mm-hmm. that's just a point oh 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 one percent of everyone that's trying to make it in the game, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like um you see like there's obviously like football has got top earners and you know, obviously Ronaldo's right up there and you know, a lot of the Premier League players are, are earning, you know, very good money as well. Yeah. But you know, you, you, you go away from, especially kind of up in Scotland, you go away from the Premier League in Scotland. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not, it's definitely not anywhere near the Premier yeah. League wages. Um, so, like a lot, a lot of these guys in the, like, they're just grafters. Yeah. Um, you know, they just, they just graft their way and, um, you know, it, it isn't pretty. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just kind of the way it is. And, um, it was kind of good to see, you know, it's a bit like going on loan from Rangers. You know, you're still a Rangers player, but you get to see kind of what the what what, what the guys are going through at part time level and at full time level at other clubs. So, um, as well, like that's that that's good for me to see. Uh, you learn a lot from that. So, and yeah, I think that's again an important point, you know, because as you know, growing up, you would have been round at Ockenhowie the whole time, and you know, the facilities mm-hmm. amazing, you know, mm-hmm. best coaches, you know, all the support around you. What was it like to come away from there when you were going on loan and going to the other grounds and seeing the facilities or that? Was it a shock or was it just, you know, what you expected? Like, I think, you know, I wasn't shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was actually quite lucky where, um, cause my loan Edinburgh City, we trained at the Orium, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously another good facility. Um, Dumbarton trained at a decent wee ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and Forfar, we trained at the stadium. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad in terms of, yeah. you know, it's like a massive shock. It's kind of what I expected it to be like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it obviously isn't anything compared to walking in at Ockenhowie every, every day. But I think it's a great point, again, you you make there, because professionalism and, and coaches and players getting the best out of themselves isn't always about having the best equipment or fancy facilities is it it's mm-hmm. it's the approach mm-hmm. to what you're doing yeah i think it's like, like the your mindset going yeah. into different challenges um you know i always try and have you know the same mentality whether i was training at rangers or whether i was training at dumbarton or edinburgh city or like you've just got to have that same mentality of getting the best out of a session or a coach or you know, whatever it is, just getting the best out of that um, and trying to improve yourself. Um, 
I think that's that's key. To know whatever you are, whatever you're doing is each day is trying to improve yourself and make yourself a better person. I, th- I think that's a great philosophy, isn't it? Every day you taking the responsibility to improve yourself, not just on the park, but what you're doing off the park and to be a mm-hmm. better person. That is superb. What would you? What would be? You know, we spoke about the fundamentals of the game that you learned at Rangers. What was anything else you would take from? coming right the way through the ranks at the uh, Rangers youth setup and the pro setup. What would be anything else you would take from that journey you think is really important and really important to you? Um, you know, I always speak about winning. Um, and I spoke about a wee bit about, about it before. And, you know, that's that was a big thing. Like, being at Rangers, every time you put on that shot, you, you know, you'd expect it to win. Um, yeah. And it's it's not always going to happen, um, but you know that that winning mentality, you know that that was a big thing for me. Um, in terms of like, we we always get taught the basics, uh, as I said before. Um, but I think like the one thing that has stuck with me is that winning mentality. Yeah. Um, you know that mentality not to get beat wherever you are. Yeah. Um. And as I said before, like two two styles of coaching, maybe the first one being a bit more disciplined and the kind of newer style of coaching. You know, I'm lucky that, you know, I've seen, the, you know, the two of them um, because you can pick apart the two of them and, um, you know, like especially when, um, you know, I'm getting a wee bit older and yeah. um, I can kind of put myself in positions that maybe other players were in and I can help them and um, you know it's it is, as I say good to take wee bits and bobs from the two styles of coaching yeah. Um, so yeah and what kind of coaching do you think if you look at that now because you know I, I think now you're as you said there you can reflect back what kind of coach or what style of coaching gets the best out of you um, it's a good question. Like, see, this is probably one of the things that I don't, I don't really like. I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, as I say, I had the, the, you know, the two styles of coaching. Um, I think I can react well to either of them. Mm. Um, like I can react well to like an arm around the shoulder, which is, you know, and lots of kind of tactical information. Yeah. Um, but I can also react well to taking a blast yeah um you know because like i think you react like i think that we armor in the shoulder you know kind of tactical information which is kind of more nowadays what you know what the kids have been yeah. taught um you know you can you can react to that in a positive way and you know you're learning whereas see sometimes you do just need a jag maybe you know you're not feeling you're not you're not feeling as good or Maybe you're not doing things quick enough, or and that we jag, you know, you know, wakes you up wakes almost. You up, so yeah. I do think that you know there's place for them, and you know, in football, I don't think I, I don't think you can lose that we jag that you have with mm. someone, and um, that kind of older style, of, yeah. you know, coaching. But the new coaching, there definitely has a place for it to come in. You um, would, because I, I was think thinking, you can lose that. I, 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 I agree totally, Adrian. and. You know, you would have seen it because of the age you are and, and your journey. 
Did you notice the increase in tactical information players were expected to take on? The yeah. inte- you know, the amount. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. Um, as I obviously got maybe like 17, 18, 19, 20, the tactical information, especially, you know, at Rangers, you know, a lot of the, like, I, I wouldn't say we never worked on, you know, like kind of playing out for the back. Yeah. And, where where players should be at certain points where you know if I've got the ball where what options I should have and formations and um you know all, all the tactical side of the game. Um I wouldn't say that we never got taught that as a kid, but it certainly increased when I got older. Mm. Um and you know 17, 18, 19, 20 it certainly you know it certainly went up. Um mm. and there was a lot of like a lot of Kind of more, you know, like the auditorium and stuff we built at Barry Park, and you were able to look back yeah. on games and, you know, learn from them. And, um, you know, a lot of individual sessions working on yourself, working on the team. Um, so it definitely did, it definitely went up, and a lot more information you had to grasp with both hands. And I suppose this is a, the final question on your journey through the, you know, the youth day. And I think it's an important one for me, actually, to, to ask you for young players. With that increase in information that you're expected to take on, you know, in game management and shape and scenarios, mm-hmm. what would be your advice to a young player at, you know, 17, 18, even 16, how to, I suppose, how to sift through the information for themselves and pick up what's the most important how did you mm-hmm. kind of think oh that's important for me how did you work that out I think with all the tactical information never lose the fundamentals yeah. um, because I think you can get caught up sometimes on like loads of tactical information and it yeah. all going through your head but when you get on that football pitch don't forget the fundamentals you learned as a kid um, because when they were 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, they would have got taught the basics, as I say, as I keep saying. Yeah. It's so, 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 so important. They don't forget them. Um, and that they take some of the, ta- you know, a lot of the important tactical information on board yeah. and try and implement it. But it doesn't come like, like the click of fingers, yeah. um, for sure. Um, you know, it does take time for you to learn and, grow as a player and especially at that age you're, you're physically grown as well mm. um, so I d- definitely do not forget the fundamentals Brilliant, so tell us a little bit about how you're enjoying Crusaders now and, and you know your experience over in, in Northern Ireland with the team and, and also I, I think you've started your own coaching business which is superb Yeah, so Obviously, I was being three-quarter pro. There's that wee gap for me to start, you know, thinking about not like another path, but maybe something I'd do after football because obviously football right now is obviously still my number one um, and my full focus goes into into football. Um, But, you know, I've always kind of been one for, right, what am I going to do after? Um, And I've got a wee plan. Um, after football, but what what I want to do just now is set up my own coaching business to try and not that I feel like the kind of fundamentals are going out of football, mm-hmm. but I'd like to give my knowledge and a bit back 
in kind of one-to-one coaching, which I'm going to be starting over here. Um, just so like I can give a bit back and I can kind of bring my experience of being a young kid at Rangers, getting all the way through to the first team and installing some of the things that I learned as a kid into these players. Um, so that's something that I'm going to be starting, you know, obviously due to COVID and stuff, can't do it just now, but hopefully around the middle of February. Uh, I think that I, I think that's brilliant, Aidan. You know, for a few different reasons as well, which I'll say. You know, a, you know, like what you're saying about giving something back and passing on your kind of knowledge. I, I've been involved in coach education for a lot of years, and I, I see players getting involved in it now far earlier than even say five years ago. So I think mm-hmm. you're right on the money for that. But the other thing I think that you can definitely bring to the table in your coaching business is is you're still in the game and you're still mm-hmm. young you know you're, you're a young player so you yeah. you know what it you know what it feels like to be 14 yeah. mm-hmm. 15 16 mm-hmm. you yeah, know and, and I think that's that's a bit of gold bit dust really yeah I think as well I'm still learning so yeah. the, the the more I get older um the more football I play um you know I like I always hear coaches say that they're still learning at 30, 30 yeah. 31, 32, 33, yeah. and that's like that that would be the exact same for me. Yeah. Um but you know, obviously, you know, I I kind of got that like and see when I was a wee bit younger, I was like, nah, I don't really want to get into coaching, but see as you get a wee bit older, you know, I could see myself maybe stepping into like a as I get, you know, finish my time off. Uh, as a footballer, I'd like to go into the coaching role. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something I think I'd be good at. Um, and, you know, that maybe that starts now with the wee coaching business yeah. I'm doing now. Just gets me that experience, gets me, you know, gets me that wee bit of, you know, it can, as well, like it kind of interacts me with Belfast, because obviously yeah. Glasgow boy, um, you know, gets me to know different people and, um you know, I like that. I like obviously I'll, I'll be giving back and I'll be giving my all to the yeah. to the boys that I take on. And um, you know, I think as well, got got to say a big thanks to Crusaders as well because ever since I came over and they've always looked after me. Um, oh, yeah. They've been they've been brilliant and what what they've done for me um, so far. And you know, you got to say a big thanks to big thanks to them. So. That's superb, because yeah, you you know, listening to you speak, you you're obviously feeling very welcome there, and, and wanting yeah. to be part mm-hmm. of the community. So that that is superb, but you know, your coaching, you know, is not something on football. I think that's integral part of who you mm-hmm. are as well, and to pass mm-hmm. on things. So just to finish with there, if anyone's wanting to kind of find find out more about your you know, getting coaching for you or your coaching business, how would they go about that? Have you got a website or can they yeah. contact so I've got, you? Yeah, so I've got an Instagram. Um, it's, it's on my, my main Instagram, um, which is underscore Aidan Wilson1. And then there's a wee link in there to my Instagram page. Brilliant. The page is called A4 Coaching. And then there's a wee link in my bio to my Facebook page, which is obviously, you know, if you've not got Instagram yeah. or um, what have you. A4 coaching. Great. Um, I'll get I'll put the links up in, in the page later on um for yeah. that when we put it up so people can get in touch with you quite easily. So yeah. mm-hmm. so it's been brilliant to catch up with you and uh speak with you again, Aidan. So thanks yeah, for your, your time. Yeah, cheers, Donald. Cheers. Have a good one.